you already know if you're getting this episode that it's an emergency podcast. Washington versus Oregon has been canceled. What's going on with Arizona versus Arizona State? The Pac-12. You already know if you're getting this episode that it's an emergency episode. Something big has happened. So Washington versus Oregon has been canceled, but that's not the biggest news. Arizona and Arizona State, there are rumors and there are whispers, but that's not the biggest news. Larry Scott saying that he is going to be negotiating his new deal in between six and nine months from now, like it's supposed to be, we're supposed to jump for joy. That's not the biggest news. The fact that the Pac-12 has weird championship scenarios, that's not even the biggest news. The biggest news is the SEC just negotiated an additional 10-year deal with ESPN that starts in 2024 and their 20-year deal they did plus the 10-year deal that they did. They got deals running all the way through 2033 and 2034 and what that means for the Pac-12. I'm George Reister. He's Ralph Amsden, and this is the Pac-12 Apostles. Thank you guys for listening to the Pac-12 Apostles podcast. We appreciate your time. We appreciate your energy. Please make sure, of course, that you share the podcast because this is the podcast by Pac-12 fans, for Pac-12 fans, and people that love college football and basketball a little bit in general. Um, You're going to get the truth. We're not going to sugarcoat it. We're going to make sure that we keep it 100 about absolutely everything. Um, And you guys can get a hold of us. Send us an email. I'm Matt. I am M-A-D at unafraidshow.com. Hit Ralph up at Ralph Amsden. Me at George Reister on Twitter and the podcast at Pac-12 Apostles. And of course, make sure you leave a five-star rating wherever you listen to podcasts. Ralph will tell you four stars, but that sounds like some Larry Scott malarkey to me. We're a five-star production. So, Ralph... The news today. Actually, we'll just start with the lightest news of actually. No, no, no. Let's go straight to the Larry Scott part. So Larry Scott is talking about he's going to be negotiating his new deal uh, in six to nine months. And when I saw this, uh, I think can Canzano put out a tweet about it. Because um, he was on with uh, this guy named John Orend from the Sports Business Journal. So this is Larry Scott talking to Orend. And he said that his contract extension will begin negotiating in six to nine months. The Pac-12 is burning. And the guy that struck the match shouldn't be paid to stick around and watch it burn. And he also, and Larry Scott went on to say that we have recently been out in the market and talked to private equity. I know we're sitting on a huge amount of untapped value at the moment, and we're going to realize it in our next TV deal and be able to slice and dice our rights and reformat to the new business models. Yeah, he said that he has unfinished business as it relates to that. And here are the numbers. The ESPN and Fox pay the Pac-12 around around $275 million combined each year. And that's the deal. 
but the conference has the Pac-12 networks, but the conference doesn't have any rights with any other media companies, which means that the Pac-12, which we've discussed at length, 18 million homes. So, Ralph, when you hear that, what's your reaction? Well, that's a lot of information, but I would say that there's some good news in there. Right? I mean, what's that? Larry Scott is going to try and negotiate his own extension. How is that good news? He's he's a he's a an arsonist to the conference. Right. The right, but he's also the world's worst negotiator. So if he's in charge, <laughs> if he's in charge of trying to get his own extension, there's no way it ever gets done. Well, he did it before. Why can't he do it again? I don't know, man. I don't know. I would say that if you told me that Larry Scott's ultimate goal was to negotiate an extension, then all I would hear in that sentence is Larry Scott and negotiate. And I, my immediate thought is no way, no way, whatever that is gets done. Remember, remember when he was doing zoom calls from his own office, but he said that like he had lost it to his kids who had made it their video game room. The man couldn't even negotiate his own workspace during quarantine. He, <laughs> I, I'm just, I'm looking for a positive spin on this. And if you, you're telling me that Larry Scott's going to be in charge of getting himself a new deal, I, I rejoice. I he rejoice. did it bit, bit before. And the other thing is, see, here is the biggest problem is for me, it would be so inevitable, unbelievably stupid for school presidents and chancellors to bring Larry Scott back as Pac-12 commissioner. The prestige, visibility, revenues, and overall competitiveness in football, which is clearly the most important thing, has fallen to the last of the Power Five. And all of this is impacting the Pac-12's ability to make the playoff, to win national championships, in recruiting, he Larry Scott, Larry Michael Scott has been a grifter and a thief to the conference. He feeds us shit talking points that nobody believes, and he tells us that it's sugar. That's what he does. And 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 the fact that you know everybody is sitting here calling him out, but people are just consistent, but he just I don't there's no way he can ignore this, right? Like he has to hear the noise. He has to, right? Yeah, but then he'll just go and get a noise consultant. <laughs> like it's not it there he sleeps very comfortably on a, a a bed that was paid for with his inflated salary in a home and that a loan. he has a loan that he hasn't paid back yet. Like he's I'm I don't think that he is all that worried. He knew that he didn't have the capability to do what everybody else was doing when he took this job. You think, you think he didn't, you, you don't tell me when he left tennis that he wasn't sitting there like, all right, no, I'm telling you, I'm a kill it at this. I'm a kill him with this one. I know what I'm doing. I help tennis get more money, negotiate better deals. This should be simple. I've done it before. I can do it again. No, I don't think so, because there are people out there who just like it's the um, 
the sixth sense thing. Like I, I see dead people and they don't know that they're dead. There are people out there who, who do not accept their lot in life. They do not accept their fate. They do not accept the fruits of their labor. There are guys like Hugh Jackson who are surprised that they went one and 31 and got fired. Right. I don't think that Larry Scott is surprised. I think that there's an understanding that he is underperforming in relation to everybody else. And his expertise is to be able to put positive spin on anything. He would have been perfect to work in politics, but as long as those checks clear, then what he's doing is working. He's a, you can't be a spin artist and not understand that you're spinning. He absolutely knows that he is trash at this job. He knows it. Because you I don't think he knows, dude. Like he's the same guy that said to Canzano when Canzano asked him about officiating. He said, Well, I'll accept any criticism except for this one. This is just totally unfounded that nobody has confidence in the officials. Like, bro, what are you talking about? Right. I don't know. Maybe there's just one little chink in his armor right there as far as him being able to get uh, emotional about one thing specifically that he has direct control over. But the truth of the matter is, this is a guy who can take any situation, turn around and repackage it and re-deliver it in a way that he personally feels is palatable to the audience that he's delivering it to. The fact that there's not 10 John Canzanos or 10 George Reisters is just the advantage of the laissez-faire media market that we're in. He doesn't face the intense level of pressure that he might in some other market. And I think that he knows that, you know, he can't cover so up. So do you think New that York Kevin accent. Warren for, so of the heat that Larry Scott takes, we know Commissioner Kevin Warren from the Big Ten is taking a lot, uh, especially when it comes to going to go play. What percentage do you think of what Kevin Warren has taken do you think that Larry Scott gets? None. Like what? Five. It's he doesn't he doesn't have to answer. And now he's positioned himself to where any hard football questions go through Merton Hanks. Right. So he has insulated himself from criticism he knows what the criticism is he understands the bottom line versus what everybody else it's the same criticisms over and over and over again he absolutely reads his press clippings nobody who is upset is obsessed with pr as that man is would not understand what the temperature of the room uh that he's in is but the issue is you don't really go against the guy that signs your paycheck. So unless somebody from inside the Pac-12 is going to speak out about the level of ineptitude relative to what's going on in other parts of the country, then he's going to have a situation where a bunch of people are are all, you know, fanning him and feeding him grapes. And that's that's the situation you create with your he's insulated. He knows he's not doing a good job, but as long as the people around him are willing to be fluffers, he'll take it. He likes being comfortable. He likes being in the position that he's in. And as long as he can continue to get away with it, he will. I'm telling you, this man is a snake from New York City. He found himself a, a, a hole where a lot of prey walks by, and he stays well 
said, he knows exactly what he's doing. He might speak um, with a kind affect, but he is absolutely 100% aware of the fact that relative to everybody else, he is doing terrible. Attendance is suffering. Viewership is suffering. Revenue is suffering. Schools are losing sports. Uh, they're not being able to keep their coaches. Um, he has embarrassing uh, negotiation failure after negotiation failure. He's aware of all those things. He's just also aware that it doesn't matter because if there's not going to be accountability, then you can stretch your legs and get comfortable in your own mess. Yeah. Okay. So, but why is this an emergency episode? The reason why is because the SEC, they announced a new 10-year agreement that runs parallel with the separate existing 20-year agreement. So it's not a 30-year agreement. It's just, it's another deal on top of the deal that they have already that runs through 2033 to 2034. So what this means is that the uh, CBS has the SEC game of the week, the biggest game in the SEC. No problem, right? So the that game is going away in 2024. So ESPN now is going to get the SEC game of the week. So what does that mean? That game of the week is going to be on ABC, not just ESPN. Because you got to remember, when ESPN buys the rights, ABC also gets it. It's a, it, they're, they're the same company. They're both owned by the mouse. So the SEC is going to get the ABC games. That means Kirk Herbstreet or whoever else is going to be on these games all the time. And now ESPN is now incentivized for game day to always be at these places, to always talk about them. They own the SEC network. This is a, this is a monopoly on college football that is happening. And so what that means for the Pac-12 is, Okay, when is the Pac-12 going to be on ABC? When? If you're not in that 430 time slot, which could only be dominated by SEC teams now because they're paying the SEC an additional. Not not because remember I just said the Pac-12 is getting a combined $275 million from ESPN and Fox together per year. The the SEC's getting an additional $300 million on top of the deal that they already had that was bigger than the Pac-12s already. $300 million per year on top. So when Larry Scott tells you or anybody from the Pac-12 tells you that, oh, we needed to wait until the media rights expire in 2024, I've been calling this from the beginning of this podcast, Ralph. I've owned businesses. When you have a bad deal that's bad for everybody, you can get out of it. Look at look at the same way is if you own a house and you can no longer afford it because you lost your job or COVID or whatever else, there is a way out. You can get out of it the way the debt doesn't. You may still have to pay. There may have to be some concessions that you have to make, but there is a way out. And in that case, you but in the media rights case, you can find a deal that works for everybody because the Pac-12 networks aren't making money. They're hemorrhaging money. So if you actually find a way to get the people who own the rights to make money, you're not going to owe them anything. They're going to be like, oh, God, thank you. 
We appreciate it, dude, because we were hemorrhaging cash over here. And then you could have kept your inflated salary. So this is uh, Def, DEFCON 1 is the highest, right? Or is 5 the highest? Uh, I, 1 is the highest. I think it's 5. I don't know. Higher seems worse. Hurricanes. Dude, what, whatever it is, this is it. Because the Pac-12 now, Ralph, where can the Pac-12 go? For to find a home because remember, Fox owns half of the Big Ten. So where are they supposed to go now? Well, I mean, the the logical choice would be to find a way to fill the void left by the SEC moving away from CBS. Exactly. And that starts in 2024 because in 2024, the the Pac-12 is basically done with the with ESPN unless they only give them the only windows that are going to be available are those Pac-12 after dark that they're the throwaway times. The only time slots that are going to be available because the, the SEC is going to be playing in the morning through the morning, through the afternoon They're Of course, they're going to put some um, other matchups on. So, yeah, you'll get a game here or there. But it's not going to be in any premium time slots. I, I I just can't, Ralph. I just cannot understand how you've boxed yourself in a corner, and now they're left with CBS, which is not a bad deal. But CBS knows that you're the only thing that they have, and I promise you, and I promise you that the Big Twelve is trying to find a way in 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 there, in the back door, that they are fine. Wherever the Pac-12 thinks it wants to go in 2024, all the slots are going to be filled, and the Pac-12 is going to be like Jameis Winston uh, this year. All the starting spots were filled because they drafted new guys, free agents had signed, and now you're left backing up uh, Drew Brees, and then when it's your turn, they actually put Taysom Hill in instead because they promised him that the, the year before. Yeah. Jeez, dude. <laughs> Look, I I feel like I picked a loser, Ralph. I feel like I picked a loser. I, I I don't even know what to like how does this even make sense? Like how can you be this freaking in, incompetent? The conference needs an aggressive advocate that understands the future as well as the the present you can't just wait for an unknown entity to come in and save you from yourself when you cause the damage because your next potential mate is going to be dealing with you the damage causer and so you know, Larry Scott thinking that this conference is going to grow by leaps and bounds, you know, ab- above and beyond to the next dimension with him who has done nothing uh, but stunt the inevitable progress of all college football that was open to all college football conferences. And this is the thing that drives me the most nuts and that we've got into a bunch on this show in particular is that people like ASU president, Michael Crow, who are part of that insulation and part of that protection for guys like Larry Scott, 
they say, well, we used to have a little, now we have a lot. But everybody else has a lot more. That was inevitable. That's like you being in your home and the property values all around you are all going up. So yours goes up as well, but you don't maintain your house. So your house is junk and the property value has gone up and everybody else's property values have skyrocketed because they all maintained. We're the junk house right now. And the tenant, the person in charge, the landlord, the one is, that is in charge of maintenance has been in the way from the very beginning. He had a vision for this conference. It did not work. It was questioned at the time. He pushed back against those questions and the people who cashed the checks that he handed them because they were more than the checks that they usually got never spoke up. People will not bite the hand that feeds. They just won't. It's not in us. People get comfortable. They they don't want to rock the boat, especially when it's a nicer boat than they used to be in. And, and the university presidents bear the brunt of the blame for not demanding some type of equity. And they themselves bear the brunt of the blame for also not understanding how to shepherd their own resources uh, and, and cater to their own fan bases. And, and while they bow to the God of television, even though it's not a faithful, uh, a faithful God in this case, that would be actually giving them uh, much greater returns with much greater availability. They have given the keys to the kingdom over to Larry Scott in favor of being put on a television network that nobody watches, that nobody can get access to, all at the cost of alienating their fan bases and taking away the traditions that they once had, which has led to a precipitous decrease in attention across the conference. Everybody shares a little bit of the blame here, but your base level fan just wants access to the game and and wants to know what to expect when game day comes. And they can get what to expect through uh, a decent media base, uh, which, you know, the availability of the conference caters to whether or not you're going to have good media throughout the conference. Um, and then also just basic traditions. And you can't have traditions without a set time. And nobody has a set time because their games are getting thrown on Thursdays and Fridays and Saturday at oh. 9 a.m. and Saturday at 10.30 p.m. It's all one giant mess. It has not really served anybody except that people look around and see the property value increase and say he did a good job. Oh, and the, guess what else? It, this lets you know how stupid this fool is. The actually he's 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 not stupid he's incompetent he's incompetent and in, in, or he, either he's incompetent or he's a thief maybe both here is the, the the SEC is not even going to play on Friday nights Ralph they're not going to play on Friday nights so why did you have to play on Friday nights oh well it's an available window an available window and you nobody wants to watch football college football on a friday night of a big conference right right and then you know you got bars in poughkeepsie and jacksonville and hanover maine 
and all these random places that have their televisions on because they're always on. And then you claim that as a ratings victory. It's not about ratings. It's about engagement. It's about availability. It's about making sure that the fan bases, the actual supporters have access. And I'm sick and tired of not just this conference, but everybody within this and the individual schools do this too. It let's say that they have uh, something that they want to leak to the media. They almost always go to a uh, national source like ESPN or sports illustrated. They don't go through the local media, the one who takes care of the local fans. Everybody is obsessed with being some huge national brand and they believe in building from the outside in that does not work. You don't become what you project. You don't become what you project. You are what you are, and that truth gets projected. You build from the inside. You build a strong foundation. You take care of your fans. You take care of your alumni. You take care of your media members. You make sure that you build from within, and then when you start having success, that's going to get noticed nationally. That's what programs like Alabama did. That's what Iowa State is doing right now. But no, the Pac-12 seems to think that if we strike a deal for random highlights three days after the fact with red box live television, that that's going to trick somebody into thinking that we can run with the big boys. What the? What is red box TV live anyway? I still don't know. I, I, like if nobody has, if a tree falls in the forest and nobody's there to hear it, did it really make a sound? It may have made a sound, on, but nobody cared. On Redwood Live TV. So, so that, oh, but, but here is the worst part of it. After all of these things that we have highlighted. Oh, and, and then hold up. Let's not forget about the 88 people that he laid off. After collecting an early, after paying early bonuses to all the six figure people and seven figure people. After making those people live in the most expensive city in the world so that he could overpay on rent. Yeah, the Pac-12 has paid enough rent to buy the building that they are renting. They have a loan, which there are other tenants in. They alone have paid enough rent that they could have bought the building. All right. And then you would at least have a freaking asset morons man he's making 5.4 million dollars granted some of these numbers are a little bit different because uh some people have taken pay cuts he's actually down to 4.6 million after a 12 percent pay cut but what, whatever Will he be kevin okay? warren oh my goodness <laughs> kevin warren from the big 10 before the pay cut four and a half million up uh, his conference only has the best ratings the most important conference in all of the all of college football, and they make the most money. Huh? He's getting paid four and a half million. That sounds about right. Uh, Bob Bowsley from the Big Twelve, four million. John Swafford from the AC, ACC, three point eight million. Greg Sankey, ha! The team that the one that wins the most, the one who negotiated the biggest deal, well, a new deal while he already had a deal, uh, a light two point six million. Make it make sense, Ralph. Make it make sense. I can't even, the- and it feels like it feels like being gaslit all the time because it seems like basic logic 
but the university presidents and athletic directors don't do anything. They don't do anything. They Isn't it a slap I, in the face, though? Of course. An athletic director will drum up $12 million of donor money to fire a coach for going seven and six, but they won't speak up about the conference being the bottom of the power five and consistently being embarrassed in the media. Like an athletic director's entire job is to gauge competitiveness slash have a vision for excellence. So are you telling me that they're blind to what's going on in this conference? They can't be. They have to be ignoring it on purpose. And so you get to the point where you're like, burn it down, throw out everybody who enabled this. I just don't understand. Can can you break this down for me? If all of these things that we said, they are 100% true. The schools, the athletic directors, everybody in the school, they're trying to fundraise, make money, generate revenue the way then they can recruit better, um, have better facilities, pay coaches more. Like they're trying to do all of these things at the same time. That none of what they're doing even matters. Unless, well, none of what they're doing matters because Larry Scott is working against them. When you are have a national brands like you do and they're being hurt because the ESPN when you look at their game day shows oh Pac-12 is out of it uh college football shows get Pac-12 doesn't have a chance maybe Oregon USC Washington if they run the table and they're impressive and lightning strikes twice then maybe they can get into the playoffs and those are the three Biggest brands in the Pac-12. UCLA too, but they haven't been up to that level. But how crazy is that that you are written off because you are not available? Like you're not staying in front of people's faces. So all this good work that Jill Cohen, that uh, all these other wonderful athletic directors are doing to help their programs is all for not. You are the person who is... You have a giant hole in your boat, but you're using a bucket to try to like, like to bail water out and the water's coming in faster. Like, and you're trying to bail it out. There's no, like you're working against yourself. It's, it's absolutely crazy. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like this is all stuff we've said over and over and over again. Yeah. And I mean, you get to the point where you say it so often and nothing changes that you start to wonder, like, am I wrong? Is making less money actually better? Is being less available actually better? Is being on No, this isn't a freaking secret society. This isn't better. (laughs) Like, is down up, is up down? I don't know anymore. No, I I know. I see it. Um, All right. So we just found out as well. Washington versus Oregon is canceled. Okay, another Pac-12 game canceled is what it is what it is. But that that's not the important part. The important part is how this is then then impacted the college well the Pac-12 championship games. So Arizona State versus Arizona is tomorrow. So that game right now appears to be still on, right? 
I guess so, unless you know I, the the rumors that are floating around seem to have something to do with Arizona not being able to meet COVID protocols. But I haven't heard anything coming out of Arizona. You'd be more likely to have this game canceled from Arizona State having to kick so many players off the team for fist fighting each other uh, at at this point as they just booted another player, Elijah Juarez. Um, all from the same high school, by the way. This is uh, becoming quite the interesting trend at ASU. But I, I haven't heard anything related to COVID. This game is supposed to kick off in less than 24 hours from when we're recording this on Thursday night. So I think this game is happening. But if it doesn't happen, it would be interesting to see what the Pac-12 scrambled and tried to do. And if that game can't happen, both teams may finish the season undefeated, which is wild. Um Okay, so you here are the pack. The opposite of undefeated. Oh, I'm sorry, defeated. My bad. Defeated. <laughs> Extra defeated. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Washington and Oregon got got canceled. Sad news. But okay, so here's how this impacts the Pac-12 championship. Uh, according to what we've been hearing, Washington is now is, is I think they're in King County. That their local CDC health department guidelines have them out now for 14 days that they're not going to be able to pick up for 14 days, which means that they're out for next week's PAC 12 championship game, which they would have backdoored in by not playing Oregon because the winner would have gone to the PAC 12 championship, but now uh, Washington can't play. So they would have gone, but they may get knocked out next week too. So what that means is, is that if, Oregon, that means that Oregon would then represent the North in the Pac-12 championship against either USC or Colorado. If one, if they both win this weekend, it'll be USC because USC, even though they're both, even though they both would be five and oh, USC would have five Pac-12 games won as opposed to Colorado, who would have four Pac-12 games won plus a game against San Diego State, which then, even though the other teams canceled on them, it's not their fault, and USC canceled on Colorado. But then USC would get to go to the Pac-12 championship. But if UCLA loses, if USC loses to UCLA, which I predicted correctly, um, as we will see, then, and Colorado beats Utah, then Colorado goes to go play Oregon. Other thing is, is if for some reason um, two more Pac-12 games are canceled and USC and Colorado win, then that would mean that three Pac-12 games this week are canceled and that would change the minimum number of games and all of this stuff, which creates another tiebreaker, which would then put USC versus Colorado in the Pac-12 championship game. Did you follow all that, Ralph? No, absolutely not. No, I, I did not. I, I think that it's all a bit too much, too complicated. There's too much going on. I can't believe we're even at this point in the season, and I feel blessed to have watched and covered so many games. However, this mess was created by trying to have a season in the middle of a pandemic, and I guess we deserved all of the confusion that we are getting as it comes along with these different scenarios, I would say that the thing that makes the most sense with Oregon having lost twice and Washington possibly not being able to play for the next couple of weeks, 
USC and Oregon should just play the games they have this Friday and then line up and play each other next week anyway. Throw the entire idea of a conference championship out because there is no true. Yeah, but how do you pick to who go? Yeah, but how do you pick who goes to the Fiesta Bowl then, Ralph? How do you do that? Huh? Whoever huh? wins the game. <laughs> whoever wins the game okay. between whoever played the most games and won the most games. That's fair to me. Um, Okay, so so regardless of outcome, regardless of outcome, line USC and Colorado up next week to see who goes. Regardless. Okay, but okay, but why? But why is that when you have other Pac-12 teams who've won three games, and uh, Colorado would only have won three games too in the Pac-12? Well, actually, no, 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 no. They would have won four after this weekend because they would have only lost one. Okay. Um, there is here's the here's the other part of it. If that wasn't confusing enough, people have said, "All right, well, instead of since the Pac-12 is not going to the championship game anyway, why doesn't the Pac-12 just play their championship game the week after? Which so instead of playing the week of the nineteenth. That well, that they move the Pac-12 championship back, and then Washington can play. That would be the day after Christmas. The only problem with that is that the Fiesta Bowl is like less than a week away from uh there. But but anyways, but the other problem is that the Pac-12. If you move the Pac-12 championship game back, the owner of the game, Fox, who has so much time, money invested into it, because remember they have to get announcers ready they have to send people there all of this stuff that they have to be the ones to agree to it so now larry scott's got to talk to media people who he can't get good deals with about moving the championship game okay i'm gonna let you take that bro take it where (laughs) take it where what am i supposed to say i don't know what i'm supposed to do with this information i don't know ralph I don't know, brother. <laughs> Why do we just do we just did this episode just to make people upset? No, we we did it to spread the truth, brother. To spread the truth. Well, I mean, yeah, I, I guess if 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 we can get everybody on board and all moving in the same direction, like the sardines and Finding Nemo, then maybe we can break this whole net down. But I I, I don't know, man. I don't know. <laughs> This this conference is a it's a mess right now. We're in the middle of a year that probably shouldn't have happened, and it only happened because the Pac-12 behind the um, uh, the facade of medical breakthroughs decided to follow the Big Ten in and out of the season instead of standing their ground at any point on things that they believed to 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 be the best uh, situation for everybody involved. There was no leadership, only following, and that's the why we're in the place that we're in right now. I mean, what what would you do? Put you in charge of the conference, put you in charge of the conference, you have one week. You're an interim commissioner before you hand it off to somebody else. What changes do you make? First thing I'm doing it. Well, if I'm the interim commissioner, it's going to be hard for me to negotiate. Do I have the ability to negotiate a uh, a deal, a TV deal? I mean, if you can do it, and if you can do it, in, if you can get the ball rolling in seven days, 
Okay. So the, the first thing, the first order of business that I would do is I would fire the head of officiating. I would find a, a person who's qualified at this minimum two decades experience like the other conferences. That's the first thing. Second thing is I would hire a, a forward facing. I would find somebody from Facebook, from freaking Google, some engineer smart person that's going to either that's going to create me a, a like some sort of tie in with Facebook, some sort of tie in with somebody where I am everywhere. I mean, annoyingly everywhere where you're just like, damn, the Pac-12 is everywhere. These fools, they're annoying, but I see them, though. I see them. I mean, as much as people have, they love Donald Trump or hate Donald Trump, whatever it is, he's everywhere. And you cannot ignore him because he's everywhere. You can turn off your TV. You'll find him on Twitter. Turn off Twitter. You'll find him on Facebook. Turn off Facebook. You'll find him in a text message or a meme. He's everywhere. And that's the way the Pac-12 needs to be. So those are the first two things that I would do. Yeah. 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 And then I would start looking for a capable replacement for me since I am the interim. Or I might just Larry, Larry Scott it up and just say, all right, look, 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 man, I'm going to pick up about 20, 20 mil here. Uh, Let me let let me sit here and see see if I can fuck it up even better than him. (laughs) Yeah, I I don't know. I'm I'm. uh... Yeah, I mean, the he he doesn't even have that good of a propaganda arm. And so, uh, you know, if, if, if I was running things, I would certainly invest into into that side of things. Um, I wouldn't make it a secret. I wouldn't try to have a friendly um, media relationship with somebody at the L.A. Times where I was trying to give them scoops like that whole thing was shady as hell. And it's amazing. They didn't get fired for trying that in the first place. Um, we just sort of let that whole scandal fade away because the media, uh, especially the LA times wasn't going to spend too much time reporting on their own stupid scandal. So that whole thing just faded away. But I would, I would not, um, hide the fact that I was looking for content creators to come on board and I'd be funding one of these TikTok houses. Like I would make sure that the PAC 12, even if it was through self-deprecation was constantly available on free forms of social media at all times. That USC hype video that they just made, that's the type of stuff I would be doing daily. Yep. Um, if it was just to be able to spread the message. And then I would, I would reach out to, uh, like you said, Facebook, Yahoo, whoever it is. And I would say, you have two years, you have two years. We are disbanding the PAC 12 network. Um, we'll, we'll cut it down to maybe one channel where we air the top matchups for non-revenue generating sports. Um, but you have two years to broadcast our product for free the stuff that would have been on Pac-12 Network. We will even lease to you for free the equipment that we were using to broadcast the stuff in order to make it happen, to make it an investment worth your while. You go out, sell ads against it. You make money off us for two years to get us back in front of more than the 18 million households that the Pac-12 Network is in front of. 
See, I'm going I'm to need to split that revenue a little bit with you, though. I, I, I agree with you completely, but I do need to split some of that revenue up, up, up here with you, though. Because if you're successful, yeah, assuming, I'm going to Assuming gets. they get it. Assuming they get it. So if you're, if you're saying a percentage of, of what they would actually go out to collect, but as far yeah. as if they just wanted to run it at a, at a break even, then I'm good. Because yeah. what I need to be right now is I need to be seen. Yep. And and then here's the thing that people would, might, might miss with that is it, with the TikTok houses, all of that stuff. If you do that, you're going to make the schools that much cooler. That means more people want to go to these schools. They're proud of it. They're flaunting it. They, they got clout with it. That then translates into rec- recruiting. Recruiting leads to recruiting leads to wins, leads to money. And when you add that with visibility. Name, image, likeness, bro. You you have a shot, but it, my fear is though that the Pac-12 has fallen so far behind, and I've picked the loser, dude. I I, I am nervous. And then the last thing is, before we get out of here, is let's say that things keep on the trajectory that they are. You know what then happens, right? If the Pac-12 keeps falling where it's going what are usc oregon maybe ucla maybe washington what are what are they gonna do i mean leave what yep what form their own i see that's this is the one thing that i don't have a solid understanding of is how long a particular school's affiliation with a conference is in play is it a contract uh, now that I'm not a hundred percent sure of, I'm going to ask Wilner tonight when I interview him, Um, going to ask him about that because there, that's a legitimate question. Because we've heard Arizona and you and uh, Arizona state rumors to the big 12 for what, five years now, nothing has ever really come of it. And I don't know how serious it was ever looked upon in the first place, but I, I don't actually know what these, what these particular affiliations uh, like how they're negotiated. Like if anybody within the conference is coming up for any type of renewal, I also don't know, you know, when Texas was talking about leaving the big 12, I don't know if that was based on a certain amount of time that they were supposed to be, or if it was based on like having a guaranteed spot elsewhere that you're able to just make the jump. Yeah, that that's a legitimate question. I am. I, I just want to make sure that the conference is in a good spot. You hear me? Yeah. The conference is in a good spot, and but those schools, if the if the those schools are going to be willing to leave, whether that's to go be an independent or go um, join another conference, because the the one school that for sure could go be an independent if they wanted to is USC. They yeah. could because they have enough brand power and historical recognition, all of those things. And the others could jump, jump ship. They could. And then there's the possibility of that 64 team conference. But the SEC, why would you want to do? Why would you want to do that? You got a monopoly on what you're doing already. You don't need to change anything. You don't need to play nine conference games. You don't need to do anything. You are perfectly fine as you are. Yeah. Because you've been reinforced. So much for get woke, go broke. It's it's Disney of all places that is uh, dropping a few billion dollars on the table um, to put the SEC alongside their lineup of 
endless Marvel and Pixar and Star Wars stuff. So, I mean, they, there, there's money there to, to, to broadcast these games. You know, Stephen A. Smith is getting his own show on ESPN+. There's money to be had. There's money to be made. And, and all it uh, came from, all the SEC had to do over time was focus on the culture of football within those communities. And that's what made it the biggest thing uh, in the entire world. And some of the lesser populated cities in America have multi-billion dollar sporting industries within them because those schools focused inward. And that's what the Pac-12 needs to really do is spend time making sure that the fans in all of these major markets that they have the privilege of being part of feel engaged, feel taken care of, and feel like they're the priority. And then you won't be having to write press releases about getting a deal with Pacific Seafood because that won't even make the front page of what you're about because you're making $300, $200 million deals with different networks to broadcast your games. Yep. Totally agree with you, bro. All right, you guys, this has been an emergency episode of the Pac-12 Apostles podcast. Of course, we appreciate your time, appreciate your energy. Of course, send in your thoughts and make sure to share. Peace out. Catch you guys next episode.